Like an MG, like an MG. Da, 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 da. I'm feeling so wild, like an MG. Hey, hey, and welcome to Conversations with the Real MG. I am here today with an incredible guest who I'm super excited to welcome to the podcast. Her name is Lisa Blackham, and I'm going to introduce her very, very quickly based on, you know, our experience at experiences together in our relationship, but then I'm going to pass it over to her. But first of all, I want to say thank you, Lisa, so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, MG, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be part of your podcast. It's kind of one of those things that, you know, you wish for, wish and hope that will happen. And so I made it happen, hey. <laughs> you did make it happen, you did. And I love, I love, I love the work that you do. Lisa and I have worked together for a while in a client coach context, but I've also, I've known Lisa for a, quite a long time now because I lived in Esperance. I was teaching at the high school in Esperance. Lisa was also a teacher at the high school there and we've kind of got an almost similar journey in that sense is that moving on from on teaching into the coaching realm but I want to get you to share with everyone who you are what your business is and what you do. Right so who am I? I am Lisa, Lisa Blackham and my business is Lisa Blackham Coaching. I started my business five years ago after I realised that um, stress and burnout and overwhelm were just too much being a teacher, it was just out of control and I had to do something different. So I went on a bit of a journey of personal development, which to be honest had been going on for a few years prior to that, but the catalyst was five years ago. And that came with a um, meditation and yoga training that I was doing as a way to manage my stress and overwhelm. So from that training, I realised that I didn't want to be in a different type of class, a classroom that was still sort of, you know, bringing people into a room and me being at the front and teaching in that sense. And I was like, how can I do this differently? So I signed up for a business course on how to um, set up a health business or a business in the health industry, thinking I was going to be a yoga teacher kind of thing. But it turns out by watching and being a part of this coaching program that coaching was actually going to be my thing. And so I started to transition out of a teaching in front of a class to working one-on-one with ladies in um, a life coaching scenario. So that was when it was originally called Creating Calm. That was when Creating Calm was born and five years ago. And from there, it's just sort of built a bit of momentum. And I've worked with hundreds of women. I now work with groups of women, groups of teenage women, women of all ages, and have really fine-tuned it now to be um, a coach for women who struggle with people-pleasing. So I am the now the expert on people-pleasing and how you can manage it, how you can overcome it, and how you can um, live in a more authentic way without needing to people-please to get you what you want basically so I teach other women how to do that and I love it I love this new um, sort of direction that I'm going in and 
out of it has come podcasts and group collaborations, collaborations with other coaches. Ah, it's just incredible. So I no longer an employee of the education department. I am now Ooh. a full-time coach. <laughs> and you've got your own podcast, The People Pleasers Anonymous Podcast, which I'm so sure that there is a lot of people listening to this right now who have either been a people pleaser or still have some people pleasing tendencies. And I know we've talked about this quite a bit because I had you on my Instagram. Um, and obviously, as we've been working together, you know, both of us have still got people pleasing tendencies, even though we're fully aware of it, they still creep up. Um, and so I love hearing the story of that, that journey from being a teacher, working in that industry, moving into coaching and that question you asked yourself how can I do this differently you know I want to be able to help people but how can I do this differently because standing up in front of a class and teaching it maybe that's not the way that I want to be doing it it's a really good question to ask yourself when you're on a journey it doesn't quite feel right it's what I want to do but it's not quite right how can I do this differently what what do you think people pleasing is you know for someone listening going yeah yeah I'm a people pleaser but not really like that's just a surface level comment right what underneath all of that what actually is people pleasing that's a really good question and it's quite deep really because I guess when we look at people pleasing as I don't know, a symptom maybe. We all want to be seen to be a kind and nice person, right? For us to be accepted in our society and in our friends group and in our workplace or wherever it might be, we want people to like us. So having the tendency to please people is not necessarily a bad thing, right? We want, we want people to like us. So to do that, we kind of got to be nice, don't we? So I guess where people pleasing becomes problematic is when we start to sacrifice our own true self, where we wear a bit of a mask, where we pre pretend to be something who we think other people want us to be in order to gain their approval or to gain their like and their trust. And so we start to be something other than who we truly are. And I think that's at the crux of people pleasing or my understanding and what I teach um, about what people pleasing is. It's, it's the need to be something that you're not that's not really you in order to gain approval of others. And um, yeah, so I feel like that's kind of my definition where you become something else, someone else, not you. In order to make other people happy. Okay, so that leads us into me asking you the question, how does that then become a problem for people in their lives and in their business when they're trying to be someone that they're not in order to make other people happy? Yeah, that's a really good question because I feel like the problem with people pleasing is that you're not being your true self. So this pretending, this mask that you're wearing in order to try and gain someone's approval or to win their trust or to make them like you becomes quite inauthentic and you're not real, not really being real to yourself. And so you're, you're always looking outside of yourself for ways to fit in or to um, get, 
you know, get what you need, get your needs met, I suppose. And so it, it becomes a problem because you are looking always outside of yourself. And when you're not looking inside and seeing what's true to you and what feels right to you, then you're kind of selling yourself short. You're, I guess, not really living living to your, your, your potential and, and expressing all of your gifts. And people don't really get to know you. They don't really get to see your true talents and your, um, your uh, real skills and all of the brightness and lightness and um, incredible, unique gifts that you bring to the world. So it's like you're holding yourself back. I know a lot of the women and, and the girls that I work with, particularly the teenage girls, one of the things that really comes up is this holding themselves back, not feeling safe enough to express who they truly are because they all feel, they fear that they're going to be rejected or that they will be made fun of and ridiculed. And, you know, this happens a lot with teenage girls, but also with women in business, like this fear of um, not uh, the fear that if I show my true self, people won't like me or people will hate me or they will exclude me or whatever it is so it really does show up in that way that you're not um, being your true self and so we don't get to see your your beautifulness your your, your uniqueness and all the gifts that you bring to the world and I think it even ties into our own fear of success as well doesn't it you know we have that fear of rejection but then for me I know as I've gotten more successful I've almost wanted to reject that out of fear of losing the connection I have with people that I've already got to know and love in my life because I'm worried of what they will think of my success so what are some of the positive outcomes for you in your life and your business from letting go of that people pleaser within you yeah, look, amazing. Some of the some of the changes I guess that I've seen in myself are they start right back at that core level of who I am truly, who I am being and how I want to show up in the world. And uh, I say this to lots of the women that I talk to is for a very, very long time I was not being myself. I was hiding behind a mask. I was wearing a very big, heavy, heavy cloak. And you know how hard it is to pretend to be something that you're not? It's actually exhausting. Carrying around that persona that's not really you is heavy. It's hard work trying to keep up the pretense. Like you forget from one minute to the next who you're meant to be in whatever situation you're meant to be in. So for one... I am a lot more energetic, like I have a lot more energy because I'm not switching hats and changing these masks constantly all the, all the time depending on who my audience is um, or who the people are that I'm around. So that in itself is really good because I feel better within myself. But I'm also a lot more mindful of how I show up now and I want to be more truthful I want to be more authentic so 
I'm more conscious about how I do that. Whereas before it was almost reactionary depending on who the audience was. I'd put on this whole new, you know, outfit as in mask and cloak and costume to show up as that person. Now I'm like, well, who is Lisa today and how is she going to show up? And I can be that and I can be true to myself. So a lot more um, authenticity in my life, a lot more genuine and intentional um, ways of showing up. And that in itself has allowed me to really accept who I am for me. Like I'm not perfect. I'm no superstar I have no airs and graces about who I am I struggle from day to day like I used to pretend that I didn't have anxiety and that I wasn't suffering from anxiety I used to put on this whole you know oh yeah I'm okay I'm fine there's nothing wrong with me now now when I feel anxious or now when I get really stressed out and overwhelmed everybody knows (laughs) like it's no secret and it's okay for me to do that. So I'm a lot more accepting of myself, which means I'm also a lot more accepting of how other people show up. That whole level of judgment has gone. Like I teach people how to be non-judgmental. I ask my clients to show up for themselves in a non-judgmental way. And I allow myself to be however I am in a non-judgmental way so that whole like I now actually cringe if I'm in a situation like let's let's just use hairdressers for example whenever you go to the hairdresser there seems to be an opportunity for um, chit chat that can be quite um, judgy judgy preachy bitchy kind of conversations and I cannot tolerate it anymore I cannot tolerate the judgment of others to a point where now I'll actually say, yeah, we're not talking about that or that's actually unkind or, you know, I know who that person is that you're talking about and I don't know that that's a nice thing to say. So I'm a lot more um, confident in myself to be able to stand up for things that are, you know, less than helpful in conversations. So a lot more having having those conversations, you know, in those situations can be really challenging if you're a people pleaser, right? Because you don't want to upset anyone, but at the same time, you need to be in your values. And um, I think just some of those things you said would make anyone go, oh my gosh, if I could just have that, that would be worth letting go of the people pleasing, like just having more energy, Mm. Yep, I would be happy to get let go of the people pleaser if it gave me more energy, right? Or uh, just to notice that the judgment of is gone is huge. I know that's been a huge one for me. I have the channel of judgment in my human design. God damn it! And <laughs> so I know that if I'm feeling really judged, it's actually because I'm judging other people. And I can recognize that within myself now, but I know before I had that kind of level of self-awareness, it just felt like everyone was judging me all the time. And I had to be perfect all the times to avoid people from judging, to avoid people judging me. But actually it wasn't that I wanted to avoid people judging me. It was that I wanted to avoid how I would feel if I thought they were judging me. And it's all coming back to all that shame that, you know, you feel from, being a teenage girl, which is why I think it's freaking amazing that you work with teenage girls now as well. 
Uh, so there's that. And then the, the other thing you said about the confidence, you know, the confidence to have those difficult conversations. One of the words that I have so many women say to me when I'm working with them, especially in a one-to-one -one context is sorry, 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 fucking sorry about everything. Absolutely. People please is that sorry. our number. It's our go-to. It's our go-to. The first thing that comes out of a people pleaser's mouth is, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. And I've had to reframe. That is something that I'm still working on, reframing. I'll even like type out a, an email or a message because I haven't been able to show up and I'll be like, sorry. Oh, wait a minute. Delete, 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 delete. Thank you for your patience. I really appreciate you. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, consciously. on that because that's a really helpful tip, right? Hmm. Instead of saying sorry, say thank you. Now, I remember yeah. when someone told me about that the first time, instead of saying sorry, say thank you. I was like, what? Like, thank them for what? I don't get it, you know? I, I feel bad that I'm late, therefore I need to say sorry. How the fuck do I say thank you in that situation? So can you explain that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. The need for us to say sorry is we feel like we've done something wrong. So that perception is that we have messed up in some way. But most of the time we haven't messed up. We've just um, done something that, kind of worked out in a way that wasn't how we planned for it to work out. So it wasn't a mistake. You didn't do anything wrong. But why, why we want to flip it is because what we were doing is making that other person responsible for your, your feeling bad. But they're not responsible for you feeling bad. You're responsible for you feeling bad. And so what we want to do is kind of appreciate the other person or whatever the situation is. So we flip it instead of feeling sorry for ourselves in the situation, we flip it to be appreciative of the time and the energy or whatever it is that we have kind of exchanged. And in that case, like I might have been going to type a response that I wanted to cancel, you know, cancel and reschedule say uh, an appointment that I have and so instead of saying sorry I'm going to acknowledge that this that by changing the appointment time I'm actually acknowledging their my appreciation of them and allowing that flexibility for us to meet at a different time so I'm looking for the ways that I can be grateful and I can acknowledge and appreciate and that way I can flip it into a thank you instead of a I'm sorry and taking the blame for it because we're not we're not when we're not blaming or sorry we're blaming ourselves or the situation so instead of blaming let's flip it and show gratitude and appreciation mm -hmm. it's much more it's much more empowering for the other person as well because it shows that we're appreciating their time or that we're appreciating the resources that they are offering or whatever it might be and I think that's a lot more helpful than you trying to coerce them into feeling sorry for you. I mean, yeah. that, that's, an, that's a different energetic exchange. We don't want their sympathy. We want, we want, their, want to be able to appreciate them and help them to feel good too. Yeah, and I think it builds better relationships when you can have that kind of conversation, when you can say thank you and show gratitude rather than when we say sorry, it kind of feels like you need them to say, oh, that's okay. 
you know, mm. and it, they might not actually be okay with it. But if you thank them, then they don't have to tell you, oh, that's okay. They can just deal with whatever they've got going on inside and know that you are grateful for whatever that is, you know, whatever process they're having to go through. So I love that tip around saying sorry. I also know you have brilliant ideas around saying no to things because this is another thing a people pleaser does, right? It says yes, yes, yes. And this shows up in business, especially... I find in the early days of business where you don't know what you should or shouldn't say yes or no to. You just want to say yes to everything because anything could be an opportunity. But eventually it gets to a point where you're like, I can't say yes to everything anymore because it's burning me out or it's just not actually fulfilling me. It's not aligned anymore. But then if you're a people pleaser, you don't want to say no because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings or you don't want people to think you're that bitch or you know whatever it may be, right? Yeah, right. So what is it about saying no that scares us? And what can we do in that moment of being like, I need to say no, but I, I just don't know how or whether I should or what I should say? Yeah, so the no, the no shows up or not being able to say no, again, comes back to that need for approval. We say yes constantly because we want people to like us and, we, and it's really, really difficult to um, remember to say no because what we've done over time is kind of teach people how to treat us and if we constantly say yes all the time then they get to expect that we're going to say yes whatever they um, request whether it's aligned or not and so they keep asking so if you keep saying yes they're going to keep asking you to do things for them or get their support or help in whatever it is so we sort of teach people how to treat us in that respect but by not saying no we're also um, foregoing our boundaries. Like we don't have strong boundaries around our time and our energy because we believe that other people's needs are more important than our own. And that's that people-pleasing thing. I'm going to do what other people need because they need it more than what I need it. My needs are not important. I'm not valuable. And therefore, I'm going to say yes all the time. So it comes back to, you know, valuing yourself, valuing your time and your energy and setting some boundaries. So saying no is like the, the first part of setting a boundary, like a boundary around you know, what you will and won't have going on in your life. But in order to set boundaries, you need to get clear on what's really important to you and what you need in your life and what things you don't need. So the so coming now to saying no, no helps you set those boundaries. And if you've never said no before, let's be honest, it's going to be a bit scary. And it's scary because... We don't know how the other person's going to react if you've never said no before. And to be honest, they're probably going to react in a not so helpful way because they're expecting you to say yes. And therefore, it's going to be uncomfortable. The first few times you say no, it's really, really uncomfortable. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not fun because all those fears come up like you've got, you know, this pain in your chest, your heart rate race, 
races, you get all hot and sweaty and clammy and it's really uncomfortable because the fear that stops you from saying no um, is rising, is, it is, it's just, it is. So my suggestion is just say no to everything. The first times you start saying no, just get comfortable saying no. And I think you alluded to this, Em, I've actually created a bunch of scripts. I've got 45 different ways to say no that you can download, stick them up somewhere. If you don't have the words to use, there's a whole heap of different ways that you can um, say no. I mean, obviously just no, flat out, no is a full sentence. But if you feel like you need a few extra words, like no, thank you, not today. I don't think I can fit that in or no this is not for me maybe I'll be ready for it in another day or just let me think about it for a while um, and I'll check with my diary and I'll get back to you. you know there's lots of different ways that you can warm people up to the no that's coming um, so start saying no to absolutely everything to get used to saying that word and then start to once you get used to saying no then you can decide whether uh, an opportunity is a, is a heck no, no way, that's definitely not for me, or it's a maybe, or it's a yes. And so you're giving yourself a bit of space to practice and feel into what's important to you so that you can say no to the things that are not in alignment or not your values or not part of helping you achieve your goals or whether they are and it's a yes. So Practice, 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 I guess, would be my advice to learning how to say no, to protect your boundaries, basically. Yeah, and I think underneath all of that, it sounds like the most important thing is valuing yourself and knowing your values. Correct. Because how else do you know what you want to say no to? Yeah. As well. Right. And I think that can be a tricky thing because you think, I don't know if I want to say no to this out of fear, maybe like say you've been asked to be a guest on a podcast and you think you want to say no, but maybe it's out of fear rather than no, because I'm setting a boundary and that can be a really tricky distinction. So that's why I think, you know, what you said around valuing yourself and knowing your values, that's really important because then you can recognize is that fear coming up? Or is it just because it doesn't fit within my values? And I know I talk a lot about that full body fuck yes feeling. Mm. And you can only get that when you know what your values are and what your vision is, you know? Yeah. And so do you know, because we're, you know, we're different human designs. We're, even though we're both people pleasers and we've been educators, there is differences between us. How do you know when something's a full body fuck yes for you? Oh, that's a good Hard to describe, question. isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, my uh, human design aspect is I'm a projector, self-projected projector, which means I need to talk it out, basically. Um, so for, for something to be a full body fuck yes for me is I need a bit of time to process things. And I think that's really important to remember when you are practicing saying no is some space like as people pleasers our automatic response is yes mm -hmm. and so if we give ourselves a little bit of space 
between, you know, someone asking you to be on a podcast and you saying yes or no, whatever your decision is, it, it, it really doesn't matter what your decision is, but giving yourself space to allow yourself to come back to, well, what is really important? Is this in alignment? Is it not? Is it something I, I want to do or not? So for me, I need that space. Like I, I've got in the practice now of not saying yes or no. It's more of a, let me get back to you. I need to check if it's in alignment. You know, I need to check out a few things basically. So having space to process and while I'm processing the request or the the thing that I want to sign up for or the extra, you know, whatever I'm doing, um, that processing is where I get to talk about it. Like I can, I just, sometimes um, I'll just get my phone out and I'll just do a voice memo and I'll have a conversation with myself or I'll go for a walk out in the bush um, me and nature, we love, I love being out in nature and I'll just talk to myself, like I'll talk it over or I'll ring a friend and have a conversation and I'll just talk. I'll say, look, I don't want your advice. I don't want um, you to tell me what to do here. I just need to talk it out so that I can make up my own decision. And when I'm talking something out, it allows me to process it. It allows me to get clear on whether it's in alignment or it's not. And then, only then, can I go, okay, this is a yes or a no. So for me, it's talking it out. But I know it's different for everybody. And Yeah, but that's I, interesting because that's not what I do at all. So mm -hmm. it's, it's good to recognize that everyone's different in determining what is a full body fuck yes for them. Um, and it's why I love to ask that question and and see because people can start to go, oh yeah, that does that feels good for me, or no, that doesn't feel good for me, you know, and mm -hmm. and find what works for you because then you can, it can help you navigate and get out of your head because often we get stuck up in that tennis match in our head trying to decide what should I say to this person when all we need to do is talk it out or go for a walk in nature or whatever it may be um, and nature is definitely a big one for me but I generally get like an instant gut feeling and I've, if I follow that then even if I have no idea how I'm going to follow through with that decision if I mm -hmm. follow that then I generally figure it out along the way but it doesn't mean that I can make decisions that quickly because sometimes you do need to take some time to think about it Absolutely. Um, and unpack anything, like unpack any fears that are getting in your way, like fear of worrying about what other people think, fear of judgment, all of that, the, the same thing, but it depends on the way you look at it. Um, yeah. How do you think people pleasing or letting go of people pleasing in business can actually positively impact the bottom line in your business? So your, your revenue, your profit. I guess it really comes down to being your authentic self, being your true true self because people can see through um, the masks people can see through the bullshit when you're pretending when you're not being who you truly are and your true authentic self is magnetic it is shiny and it's so attractive to the people who need to see you like my light is not for everybody I know that I know I am not everybody's cup of tea I never used to 
think that. I always used to think I had to be everybody's cup of tea, but I now know that I am not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. And so by being your true self, your authentic self, who you're meant to be, you are shining brightly. Your brightness then is like a beacon to those people who need you in their lives. And so it's like the moth being attracted to the light. You're kind of attracting all these moths. Now that's not a very good analogy. But they can turn into beautiful butterflies once they're attracted to your light, maybe. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but anyhow, that's that's what came. That's what came. So they're attracted to your light. They come to you. And I guess by, by people being attracted to you and being drawn into your light and they're getting what they need from you, that's going to equate to money, right? More people who are aligned with your messaging, who see you, who see the real you, they're going to want to work with you, right? And if they're going to want to work with you, they're going to pay you money to work with you. So, of course, that's got to come down to your bottom line. You're going to help, be able to help more people and help the right people. And when they're the right people, they want you to be in their lives and they'll pay you whatever that is that they need to have you in their life. And I think being authentic and being truly you is what makes you magnetic. And I think what you said about people, you know, you're not everybody's cup of tea. And that's one of the things in order to grow in our business, we need to be able to move past that. Because when we're trying to be everybody's cup of tea, mm. what do they say in marketing? You know, if you market to everyone, you market to no one. And that means that, you know, if you're fully showing up as you 100%, 100% guaranteed there is going to be people that don't like that. I know that's been the case with me, but it's allowed me to work with people that I feel really aligned with rather than people that I kind of sort of do. They're paying me, so I'll do it anyway or whatever. I want to please them, so therefore let's do it anyway. That doesn't feel good long-term. So if someone is at the point where they want to show up as themselves on social media, for example, and they're trying to tell themselves it's okay, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but they're really struggling to move past it. What are, what are a couple of reframes or ways that they can look at this situation to be able to let go of the idea that everyone needs to like them out in social media land, all the people that exist <laughs> or don't even really exist, they're just on your screen. What are some things that you could say to yourself to overcome that moment where you're like, oh, my God, what will they think? Well, one of the things that I remind myself that seems to work is that it's not personal. Like what anybody thinks of me is none of my business for starters and I can't control that. I have no control over what somebody thinks of me. So letting that go, the need, and that's sort of something that comes with being a people pleaser is this need to try and control the situation because we want someone to like us. I'm not responsible for that. I can't make someone like me. And so letting that go, letting go of that and just going, well, you know, I'm here as me and that is okay. I am perfect just as I am or I am worthy just as I am. I like to remind myself that I don't like everyone <laughs> and that's okay with me. So it's okay if not everyone likes me. 
Absolutely. That's one of the things that I like to do because it kind of makes me laugh and I think about people that I don't particularly like. And then I'm like, well, if I don't like them, then other people could not like me. And it's okay. Like I don't spend my days thinking about the people that I don't like and hating on them. I don't do that. I just don't put my energy into those people. Exactly. It's about showing up as my my people need me to show up. So I'm talking to the people that need to hear my message. So that's my sort of other reframe is like, I'm not for everybody, but I'm for somebody. So somebody needs to hear my message today and that's who I'm showing up for. And it's also a bit like getting out of your own ego self. Like this is not about me. We make it about ourselves. We try and control the situation so that we feel okay, but it's not even about me. It's about everybody else. And so when I take that off of myself and make it not about me, it's about them and I'm here, here to show up for them. I'm here because someone needs to hear what I have to say today. And if it's just one person, then magic, then I've done what I needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you never know that one person that might be receiving that as well. And that I think that's part of the issue with social media is you'll get a lot of people that see it and have that internal response and they needed to hear it, but they don't necessarily tell you that. And you've just got to remember that those people are still out there. And go back 10, 15 years ago, we could never have got our message, our story ourselves in front of so many people now we have that and it's an opportunity I love that the way you put that my people need me to show up Mm. so it's not even about me anymore it's not even about what those other people who don't like me think it's about the people that do need me who am I not to show up and share this message when I know someone needs to hear it because out of the seven billion people on the planet there's is it seven billion now? <laughs> seven and a half, I think. Seven and a half. Oh lordy! Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> I a thought COVID of- was supposed to knock off half of us or something, you know, and it didn't work out that way. We're still growing, um, but you know, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. There is absolutely one person out there that needs to see you as who you are today, without you needing to be anyone different. That's exactly right. And I, I also think, well, if, if I needed to hear that message myself, then surely there are other people out there who need to hear that message as well because I'm, I'm not a unicorn. I'm not something, you know. I don't know. I kind of think you are a bit of a well, maybe, unicorn. Maybe a little bit of a unicorn. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I'm a, I'm a human being and there are similarities in our humanness that we all have. I mean, that's why we're all connected. That's why we need each other. That's why we feel, I guess, like we, if we get rejected, we're going to become extinct is there are people out there who are on a similar journey to what you or I are on. And if you're a people pleaser, there's a lot of us out there, let's be real, who are struggling with it and, it, and it's costing us time and energy. It's costing us our sanity. It's costing us our relationships. There's got to be a better way to do it. And if I can help someone one person find a better way to be who they are meant to be then that's made my day as well you know yeah absolutely so 
I have one last question, which is totally not relative to the topic of conversation, but I love to ask this question because it's fun and it kind of gets people to know you a little bit differently. Uh, and it's be interesting to see how this relates to the topic of conversation, actually. If you were able to come back in a future life as an animal, what animal would you come back as and why? Oh, I was going to say unicorn, but. <laughs> look, oh. absolutely. Why would you come back as a unicorn? Oh, why would I come back as a unicorn? Because um, unicorns are magical. They're magical creatures. And I think, I think life is a bit magical. I've sort of, gosh, I don't even know where this is going. But anyway, um, <laughs> magical. I love the whole idea of magic and the transformation and the, the sparkle that magic brings. And I feel like I've been a bit of a been in a bit of a I'm a little bit of a fairy godmother at the moment. So sprinkling this magic fairy dust around everywhere. I think being a unicorn, I would really be able to bring that magic and bring that fairy dust to brighten up people's day, to help them get their own sparkle back, and to really know that it's okay to be a little bit different and a little bit like a unicorn. Because let's face it, the unicorn's all... perfect for your next life. <laughs> and you're showing people that the impossible is possible <laughs> yes totally is unlimited and everything is possible um limitless possibilities are out there for us all and when we stay stuck in people pleasing and when we pretend that we are not who we are then the world misses out misses out on our unique unicorn like traits <laughs> We didn't know this is where the conversation was going to go, but that's okay. That's why I don't tell anyone anyone about the question until I ask it, but it's going to get to the point where you'll listen to my podcast and hear me ask it. So I'm going to have to come up with a new question for yes. some future podcasts so that no one knows this one's coming. <laughs> so before we finish up, I'd love for you to share with everyone a little bit about how people can find you, connect with you and anything that you've got coming up. This is going to be coming out in mid-June. Wonderful, wonderful. So you can find me on social media. I like to hang out in Facebook and on Instagram. My handle is Lisa Blackham Coaching and I am a unicorn because Lisa is spelled L-E-S-A. Just to be different, mum decided that I would be a Lisa, a lesser. Who knows? Anyway, Lisa Blackham Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll put a link in the show notes for that yeah, as well. Yeah, because it is a bit weird spelling, you know, why not, why not be a unicorn if I'm going to be? And um, what's coming up is this uh, 45 uh, Ways to Say No Scripts is a brilliant little resource that I've created to help you um, practice different ways of saying no. If you've never been able to say no you don't know what words you can use to say no then this little um, package of scripts it's a one-page pdf you can print it out and stick it up on your mirror so that you can see it everywhere and just get comfortable saying no to all different things and when you feel more comfortable saying no 
then you'll be able to make some better decisions about how to spend your time. Your boundaries will be a lot clearer and a lot stronger and people will start respecting you a bit more too, which is what we want. We want you to be confident and courageous and stepping into your personal power. So I'd love you to have that script. It will be really helpful to, you know, get you back on track and out of that people-pleasing mode. Awesome. And if you send me the link to that script, we can add it into the show notes as well so people can just go and grab that straight away. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Emma. I really appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I know that pretty much everyone that I know has at least got a teensy 1% people pleaser trait in there. And even as I said, we still have work to do there. It's human. It's a human need to want to be liked, right? Uh, But we can do it in a way that actually aligns with us and with the people that matter to us rather than everyone and wearing that people please a badge of honor is there anything else you wanted to share before we finished up today uh no i don't think so i think we've covered all the things today it's been awesome catching up with you em i really appreciate it and i'm so so excited and thankful that you are allow me to be on your podcast today I love listening to your podcast so it's always been on my mind to get on the show so woohoo, go me for stepping into my unstoppableness and thanks Em for the opportunity